Hello and welcome to this episode of Gilson Sensei Conversations, Faith, Family, Football and Lifelong Learning. Before I share a few thoughts for today's podcast, I'd like to send out my congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs on their Super Bowl victory on February 2nd. I was, uh, in full disclosure, a conflicted viewer of this year's Super Bowl, as I've been a 49ers fan since the late 70s and a Kansas City Chiefs fan since Andy Reid left Philadelphia and Alex Smith was traded to Kansas City from the 49ers. I would like to recommend, by the way, that uh, folks hit uh, YouTube and search for Alex Smith Outside the Lines interview. There's a lot more to Alex Smith than being an NFL QB. Always has been, but this is one powerful interview as he reviews his uh, catastrophic leg injury and the attempts to recover. Far more than most of us were aware. Very inspiring stuff. As Andy Reid said, Patrick Mahomes will never be able to fully repay Alex for the lessons he learned as Alex Smith's backup during his rookie year. Set a good foundation for him. While we're at it, uh, maybe you should take a peek for Alex Smith's commencement speech at Utah when he received an honorary doctorate in 2004. Okay, on we go to today's episode. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to take a few teachers and students on a trip to Finland to visit some schools, teachers, and students. In planning our journey, we scheduled a one-day layover in London, England to go visit a grade 7 to 12 school in the suburbs of London on the recommendation of Dr. Dennis Shirley of Boston College. This process would require us to use the London subway train system, the Tube, to get from our hotel near the famous Hyde Park in London out to the school, about four or five transfers undertaken during the morning rush hour. Well over a million people moving across all those trains at that time, and our little band of seven from a community of 56,000 in northern Alberta set out to conquer the tube. No previous experience required. It seemed like a daunting task as we planned it, and it was thrilling and a bit anxious as we operationalized it, but we made all our connections and safely arrived at the school. At each stop, as we waited, boarded, rode the trains, passed each station, uh, made our way, one phrase echoed over and over, mind the gap, Piccadilly Square, Piccadilly Square, mind the gap. This gap, in this instance, was quite literally the gap between the tube subway cars and the platform. Some of the stations have quite a curve to them, and this gap is quite wide, and therefore the warning, but the warning is given at every station. It strikes me that everything about an inclusive education model in our schools, and in fact everything we set out to do ourselves, is entirely about minding the gap. The gap, in my mind, is extremely individual. It can be measured in the collective for sure, as one explores one demographic group against another, But in truth, the key gap is that between where the individual or student is now and where they could be or want to be or can be, which is not always the same thing initially, on any given day. When we consider our lives and the lives of those we are teaching or attempting to support or lead, what happens if we focus and in turn help them focus on the potential, the target, and then where they are with an emphasis on understanding the gap breaking it down into attainable parts, and working to close the gap. I don't know that I can think of an exception where this might not apply. 
First, though, it requires us arriving at a statement of belief as it relates to our potential and the potential of those we are supporting or are supporting us for that matter. So I ask myself, what do you truly believe about the potential of the individual? My belief system suggests that we are all sons and daughters of God. This does not suggest that one religious belief system is right over another, only that universally every single man and woman is a son or daughter of God. Just as we grow from childhood to adulthood in this life, we have a spiritual and eternal potential that can be seen in our eternal spiritual parents. This creates a pretty broad, potentially daunting and enabling gap range for each of us. I was reading Jocko Wilnick's Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual 2017. He correctly, in my opinion, notes, quote, There are people in the world who have skills and strength and talent that I will never have, close quote. We are all different, and Mind the Gap isn't about a comparing ourselves with others in my mind. It's much more personal. And those who would help me, or those that I would help, are working on their personal gaps and drawing from their experience as well. Those examples we look at can inspire, but they need to inspire and generate the power to work on ourselves. So many golf books suggest, and I, I love golf, but... Golf uh, starts with a different consonant, so it's not in faith, family, football. Golf it just didn't work, uh, and lifelong learning. So, but I love golf and suggest that you. Every single golf book suggests that you're never playing the other player; you're playing the course. You're playing against yourself. It's true; otherwise, you'd never see someone out playing by themselves. But at the same time, even if it's only for twenty-five cents a hole, well, there's a bit of comparison in competition. If my putting in this example is letting me down, what can I do to close the gap? What can I do to change the stats from, say, 2.2 putts per hole to 1.8 putts per hole? Identify that gap, identify what can be done, and get to work. I'll collect a few more quarters as a result of my work on the gap, but that's not the objective. That said, I'm still going to suggest that in all aspects of life, establishing where you are and where you want to be for each element of your life establishes the gap, places it in your mind, and then invites you to work at closing that gap. Now, you can draw inspiration from others in the process. There's nothing wrong with that, so long as the ultimate focus is grounded in your life, your circumstances, and as Jocko suggests, your DNA makeup. Wish as I might, work as much as I want. I'm not sure that as a five foot nine and three quarter inch sixty one year old I'm going to dunk a basketball anytime soon, and perhaps more importantly, there are far, far more significant gaps in my life that warrant my attention. So it is about identifying gaps, working on the gaps that you need to improve on in in some level of priority and of course with elements of realism. So the effort to mine the gap and ultimately close the gap, that space between where I am today and where I can be in anything I undertake is the work of the moment, the day, year, and on into the eternities. Big and small picture stuff to be sure, but isn't that what core beliefs are all about? I think it is. On a personal level, it feeds into the statement that the more I know, the more I know I need to know more. It's also very clear that no gap will ever be closed 
through a process anchored on wishing. Ultimately, we have to work at identifying the gaps, particularly the gaps that we want to close in priority, a little bit like, you know, I, I need to reduce the debt on a 19% credit card a little more urgently than I do on a, on a debt that's uh, at 1%. I, you, you need to establish priorities and work from there. But through the process of identifying gaps and closing those gaps, we become better people. And in helping other people in their work, we provide service and growth in that process. So that's my thought today. Let's focus on closing those gaps and helping others close the gaps in their life. And uh, but thank you very much. Continue to be awesome.